our call to worship this morning. Depart from evil and do good, for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. Great is the Lord our God. Gather his saints together before him, for the Lord has not forsaken his saints. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us praise his holy name, for he has not forsaken his saints. Many are the wonderful works you have done towards us, for you have not forsaken your saints. Let us, let us all who seek God rejoice and be glad in him, for the Lord has not forsaken us. Our God is still our refuge and strength. The God of Jacob is still our refuge, and he does not forsake his saints. Our opening song this morning is hymn number 373, Seeking the Lost.
morning and happy Sabbath, church. I'll read um, a passage, a small paragraph that comes from uh, the book by Ellen White. It's called From the Heart. Um, in preparation for prayer, I'm going to read this paragraph. Satan is ever ready to insinuate that prayer is a mere form and avails us nothing. He cannot bear to have his powerful rival appeal to. At the sound of fervent prayer, the host of darkness tremble, fearing that their captives may escape. They form a wall around them that heaven's light may not reach their souls. But if in their distress and helplessness they look to Jesus, pleading the merit of his blood, their compassionate Redeemer listens to their earnest, persevering prayer of faith and sends to their deliverance a reinforcement of angels that excel in strength. And when these angels, all-powerful, clothed in army of heaven, come to help of fainting souls, the angels of dark fall back. They, they fall back well, knowing that their battle is lost and more souls are escaping from the power of their influence. So as we pray today, it is, it is, it is my wish and my hope that uh, as we all uh, expect salvation, we must pray, take time, be uh, be not hurried and careless in, in our prayers. I also pray that we may intercede with God to wake in us a thorough reformation, that the fruits of the Spirit may dwell in us as a church and as individuals, and that uh, our godly lives may shine as, uh, as a light into the world. May we kneel if we can so that we can pray. Let us pray. pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before the throne of mercy, Lord, uh, this morning. I want to thank you so much, Lord, for this Sabbath. I want to thank you, Lord, for being God. We thank you so much for uh, bringing us together as a church family, Lord. We want to bring those that are not here, that they make it to church, and those that are on their way. I pray that you may hasten their feet and help them, Lord. Uh, give them traveling mercies and help them to get here so that they can hear your word. Lord, we want to thank you so much for what you've done for us throughout the week, for what you've uh, done for us in our lives and for what you are yet to do for us and for what you are continuing to do for us right now, Lord, as we pray. We are sinners, Lord, saved by grace, and I pray that you may forgive us, Lord, as I stand here interceding for your people, Lord. I know that I'm not worthy to intercede for nobody, Lord. I therefore pray, Father, that you may intercede for us as a church. I pray, Lord, that this prayer may be um, answered, not because of the number of people that are present here today, but... Um, because, Lord, you are God and because you hear our earnest prayers, I just pray, Father, that you may continue to help us, Lord, and re actually reform us, re uh, renew our strength, re renew our spiritual work with you. I just want to bring, Lord, those that have lost uh, their loved ones. I want to bring uh, specifically the family uh, 
Rinse Hello, uh, family that they have lost their loved one, and I just pray, Lord, that we may give them uh, comfort, strength, and give them peace, Lord, in this uh, hard time that they are facing. I just pray that you may comfort them and be the uh, be their healer, Lord. And I pray that as they mourn their loved one, I just pray, Lord, that they may not uh, forget that. Um, when you come, Lord, we'll be reunited. I just pray that you may give them hope for that day when they will meet with their loved one. I just pray, Lord, for us as a church here as we um, continue to worship today, Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to be poured upon, uh, upon us, each and every one of us here, Lord. I just pray that you may continue to guide us, Lord, in your way as a church and as, as individuals. I just pray, Father, that you may heal us of our spiritual um, illness. I just pray that you may... Uh, renew our strength. I just pray that, Lord, our being here may not be just a norm. It may not be just something that we constantly do just because we have to do it. I just pray that this day may bring about a change in our lives. May we not leave, Lord. May we not depart from your presence, Lord, without you blessing us. Just like Jacob who wrestled with you, I just pray that we may wrestle with you, Lord. And when, as we hear or listen to your word today, Lord, I just pray that you may wrestle with our souls, Lord, and help us not to live here the same way we came here. I just pray, Lord, that as we go back to our homes, we may be different. I just pray that as we go back to our workplaces, we may be different. I just pray that, Lord, as we go back to inter, um, interact with other peoples in the, in the community, they may see Jesus in us. I just pray, Lord, that we may be proved that we've been with Jesus as we leave this place. I just pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit that is uh, so powerful, that is actually present in our lives today, I just pray that you may pour that uh, Holy Spirit on us and help us, Lord, and give us, Lord, the mind of Jesus and help us, Lord, that we may prove that we've been with you. Our words, our talk, the way we, we, we represent you, Lord, may it be something that can draw men to you. And Lord, I just pray that we may not draw men to us, but we may, we may draw people to you. I just pray, Lord, that you may... Uh, Help us as a church today, prepare our hearts, Lord, for your word. And uh, Lord, I know we sometimes try to prepare ourselves and think that we are fine, Lord. We're not fine. We need you. We need your blessing, Lord. We need your presence in this uh, last evil days, Lord, where people are focusing on the wrong things. We're focusing on the COVID-19, Lord, yet sin is the most virus that we've lived with for the most, uh, the longest time. I just pray uh, that you may help us, Lord, to be aware of that virus of sin, that we may be cautious and be very scared of it, the, uh, the same uh, length and measures that we're taking to prevent ourselves from getting the COVID-19. May we also be cautious and be uh, scared of getting uh, attached to sin. I just pray, Lord, that we may change our hearts. As we leave this place, Lord, may we live with you. May we not leave you here. May we take us uh, with you in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities. And Lord, may our neighbors be uh, be aware that we, we, we live with Jesus and may, be, may they be drawn to you because of us, Lord. I just pray that one day someone may be saved because of this sermon that is going to be preached because of the services that are going to be held today. May we be prepared for heaven, Lord. And when you come, may we find our names in the book of life, Lord. I just want to thank you so much for the plan of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
like the wanderer, the sun gone down, darkness be over me, my rest a stone. Yet in my dreams I'd be nearer, my God, to Thee. Nearer, my God, to Thee. Nearer to Thee. Then with my waking thoughts, bright with Thy praise, out of my stony griefs, Bethel I'll raise. So by my woes to be nearer, my God, to Thee, nearer, my God, to Thee. Nearer to Thee, there in my Father's home, safe and at rest. There in my Father's love, perfectly blessed, age after age to be. Nearer, my God, to Thee, nearer, my God, to Thee, nearer to Thee, nearer, my God, to Thee, nearer to Thee. Happy Sabbath. My name is Chad Bernard, and I serve as your youth director for the Michigan Conference, and it is a pleasure to be here this morning. I'm excited to have been working with Pastor Carlos, and we're excited about our fieldwork event happening tomorrow, where we're going to go into people's homes and have a little fixer-up SDA style, right? Extreme makeover. And uh, for those of you that are, are, are part of that, thank you so much. Um, I think it's going to be amazing. I'm very excited to be here for several reasons, um, which I won't take in time to go to all of them, but one that's kind of interesting is, I, I, um, has anybody ever woken up earlier than you wanted to? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever woken up and then couldn't go back to sleep? Yeah, that happened to me earlier this week. And I wasn't sure what that reason was, but this, this, I, this does not happen to me every week. It did happen to me on, I think, Wednesday. It was Wednesday morning. I woke up, um, and I had talked to your, um, who's ever in charge of the bulletin? I think it's Mickey, is that correct? No? Yeah, okay. So I had sent her, or him, I'm not sure, uh, but I... I, I um, it's a her? Okay, because it can go either way, Mickey, you know, so um, her, I sent her the information earlier on in the week, and I was really excited because when she asked, I knew it, and I was all ready, and yeah, I mean, usually it's not that way for me, 
Uh, but anyway, on Wednesday morning, I woke up, and basically the Lord said, what you were going to preach is it's no good. We're not going that direction. And so, um, this doesn't, again, this doesn't happen. He, just, he said, this is what I want you to talk about. So I literally got out of bed. I pulled up my laptop, and I just started typing. Um, it was very cool. And so I hope it's a blessing. I don't want to try and bias this. Like, if you don't like what I'm about to say, then you're upset with the Lord, because I could totally blow it right now. But I'm excited to see... Uh, what, um, what's going to happen. So I, I, if it's okay, I'd like to pray again because I'm, I'm very nervous from the perspective of it was really good when he told me this at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for being our God. And the fact that you want to talk to us and you want to be near to us, as, which was so beautifully sung just a few minutes ago. We want to be near to you. So Lord, I just simply pray that your, your word is preached this morning. Your will is done and all glory and honor be given to you. Prayer in Jesus. How many of you have ever been in a fight? Just raise your hand. Okay, some of you. Uh, keep them up. I just want to... Now, look around. Uh, raise them high. I didn't, don't be afraid. I was going to make you stand, but I, I didn't want to be that. You know, you know. Now, uh, interesting. Uh, you have your hands up. Keep them up like this. Just curious. Um, how many of you, when I asked how many of you have been in a fight, uh, interpreted that as a physical fight? If so, just take that hand and make it a fist. Okay. All right. Some of you are like, yeah. Okay. Now you can see who that is. Um, now, just, just out of curiosity, how many of you have actually, if I, if I take the physical, you know, whatever you do in a fight, um, if I just, how many of you have actually been into a fight, does that change any type of fight? Go ahead and raise your hand. Does that change? You know, some of you are like, no, I'm Gandhi. I've never been in any type of uh, fight before. Um, okay, here's what I want you to do. Those of you that have been into a, a, a fight, I'd like you to just turn to the person next to you, and if it's a distance, it's okay, speak up a little bit. Um, I think this mic's still on. That might need to be addressed. Uh, but turn to the person um, next to you and tell them whether you won or not. Did you win the fight or did you lose the fight? Go ahead. Did you win the fight? Now, if the person sitting next to you is the person you fought with, don't answer that question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Honey? No, I did not win that fight. Okay. Now, turn to the person next to you. Do this again. If you said you won or you lost, it doesn't matter. Uh, now explain to them why you think you won or why you think you lost. Well, how did you come to that conclusion that you won or you lost? Go ahead, 30 seconds, go. Okay, now uh, I'll repeat this really quick just for those who are, are streamlining. And if, you, and if you answer this question in your home as you're watching this and now there's another fight going on in your home, I, I apologize. Uh, but could somebody just tell me really quick why you think you won or why you think you lost? Go ahead, sir. Jesus got you the victory, so he, he won it for you. Good, yes. Okay, you know that God was on your side and He helped you win. Fantastic. One more. 
How do you know you won? Yes. You were right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is that your husband right next to you, ma'am? Okay, okay, good. <laughs> he was looking down and I was, okay, it wasn't me. Okay, good. All right, so I'm going to talk to you about three, three principles of if you're going to get into a fight, or th- three things you should know. Um, and if you don't know this, uh, I think you can be sure that the enemy knows. I'm going to suggest this, and this will play out in this story. If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel 17. We're going to revisit a story that you've heard a ton of times, but the uh, Lord spoke to me in a different way this week, and it was really kind of neat. But um, I'm going to tell you three things that I think is true in a fight, and if not, we can fight about it later if you don't agree, I guess. Uh, 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. Good question. Here we go. Number one. If you're going to fight, know what you're fighting about. Know what you're fighting about. How many of you have ever been into a fight and at the end was like, what was that all about? Or you've been really passionate about it and then later somebody talked to you and you're like, uh, I'm not sure what the point of that was. It might be in a board meeting, God forbid. Church board meeting, God forbid. In your house, on the playground, I don't know. Number two, Know what you want to win. If you don't understand what winning looks like, you could possibly win an argument and then walk away not winning. I remember early on in my relationship with my wife, a friend of the family said something to me that was really interesting that helped me develop this piece. He said, do you want to be right or do you want to win? I said, what do you mean? He said, you can't be both. Just understand. Do you want to be right or you want to win? And I didn't understand that because I was a rookie. But after uh, 21 years of, uh, of marriage, uh, I understand what he means. Not going to go into that. And number three, here we go. We've got know what you're fighting about, know what you want to win, and three, fight to win. Which would mean don't fight if you can't win. With that in mind, we're going to go to 1 Samuel 17. I want to talk about some things here that I thought quite interesting. I believe that these are actually biblical principles. I actually think Jesus fought that way and fights this way. And I believe you'll see this in the people that fight for Him. 1 Samuel 17, verse 1, Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Succoth, which belongs to Judah, and they camped between Succoth and Azekah in Ephestamin. Now, I don't have my Masters in Divinity yet, so Pastor Carlos, if I said anything's wrong, you can just correct me later. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array to counter the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, while Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. Now before we get into the story, you know this, you've heard it since you were knee-high to a grasshopper. I want you to understand about the armies of Israel. Do you understand that the scariest thing on the planet, I would even argue to this day, would be if you were set up for battle, whether you were in a plane or in a tank 
or back on your horse or camel or on your, in your sandals with your spear or M16, it doesn't matter. The scariest thing on the planet to you would be someone coming at you carrying a little tent dressed with a rainbow of colors, a little turban on their head. If you saw that box coming at you, you were going to die. Because when the Ark of the Covenant came before God's people, they had, and they were in line with the Lord, they had a 100% success rate. And not only that, the people typically didn't even have to fight. They would come up and then, boom! Judgment would be pronounced. There are, there are times in the Bible where you read God saying, don't go until you see the trees moving a little bit. Then go forward. And then they're going to kill themselves in front of you. <laughs> they actually watched that happen. But, but understand this, that God's army, when it was focused on what was, what, who they were, they were serving, what they were fighting about, what winning looked like, and they knew how to fight to win, they were going to lose every time. But here's what the devil does, and I think he does this successfully today. He wants to set up new rules. Because if God's people would have been faithful, they wouldn't have had to worry about this challenge. A guy by the name of Goliath, you've heard about Goliath, comes forward, right? And it describes what he had. And I won't take the time to read all of it, but essentially, he was fully tricked out in battle array. And they try to say, look, he was really a big dude. He was 10, 11, 12, however tall you want him to be. He was, he was three cubits in a span. So, you know, 10, 12 feet tall. This is a big guy. And he had every weapon you needed to beat any human on the planet, including David. If David decided to fight the way Goliath had suggested. You ever heard the saying, all's fair in love and war? See, Goliath had suggested that that this is how we're going to fight. We're actually not going to fight army to army. We're just going to go one-on-one, -on -one, and I want to fight this way, and it would have been to his advantage. I want you to get on your armor, and we're going to fight this way, and then whoever wins, that will be the winner. Now, everybody heard about this, and they got really, really scared. Is that correct? They're all scared. And, and so, this is what was really interesting. The king tried to ump the ante. He's like, look, if anybody wants to fight this guy and they win, you'll get my daughter. Apparently that was a good thing. You'll get no taxes. I mean, you will get all... whatever. Your life will be amazing if you just beat this giant. But nobody took him up on it. Because you'd have to be a fool to fight in this way. And I want, what I want to suggest to you today, and we'll get into this here in just a minute, is who says we have to fight the way the devil asks us to? Process that. 
Goliath says, this is the way we're going to do it. Now, you know the story. David showed up. He had food. He had some cheese. The Bible says, I don't know why he said, bring him some cheese. Bring some cheese. Bring some bread. Comes up, drops off the stuff, and he finds out what's going on, and he's pretty upset. The reason why he's upset is this. He's not scared about his losing his life. He's mad that his best friend, the Lord, is being made fun of. You see, on CNN or uh, Fox News, all of the media outlets for 40 days have been broadcasting, this just in, Goliath once again makes fun of the Lord. He curses the God of heaven and makes fun of Him every day. Challenges, calling for a challenger, but the children of Israel have no challenge. And here's what's interesting. If you hear things over and over and over again, you start to believe that this is true. You start to get scared about things that you not, might not necessarily be scared about. Because here's what I found. This is what my president, your president of the, the Michigan Conference said. He says, if you're living, he said it this last week at uh, Ministerial, he said, if you're living in fear, doesn't matter what you're afraid of, but if you're living in fear, the Spirit of God is not in you. And that might offend some of you. But he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's not caused us to grow into being scared of everything. I can't say this. I can't do this. I can't whatever. And you might say, well, you must be talking about COVID. It's not just COVID. There's so many things in our world today that we're supposed to be afraid of. Should I stand up? Should I sit down? Should I sing? Should I not? Should I wear this? Should I not wear this? Should I stand for this? Should I not? And you're like, ah. Oh. You literally walk around saying nothing. You can't shake anybody's hands. You can't do anything. You're afraid you're going to kill somebody or be killed. So you literally, I, this happens. Like I walk around in town and I, I just like, huh. <laughs> do I wave? Do I not? And I, again, you hear me, I'm not trying to get political. I don't have any, I don't have any agenda here towards anything except I have, I have realized that society has caused me to be scared of everything. So I totally would be like the people here in, in, in 1 Samuel 17. Just, I don't know what to do. But here's what David does. He comes up and he goes, you know, they're making fun of the Lord. That ain't right. And he, here's what he says. I will die defending the Lord. I'll do whatever it takes to defend the Lord. So he hears about it. By the way, if you're going to stand up and fight for the Lord and you're going to do what's right for Him, you better be sure that you're going to be made fun about it. Somebody's going to have a problem with you in the church, in your family. Because that's what happens in the story. The story, Eliab goes, makes fun of David. I know what you're here for. You're a troublemaker. And he starts ripping on David for standing up for Jesus. Have you ever had that happen? God forbid. You stand up for Jesus and your own family rips on you for it. But David, this is the best part. How many of you have done this? You ever had your family get after you and you just totally ignore them? If you're a young person here and you're sitting next to your parents, just be quiet. Don't uh, answer that question. But here's what's interesting. He says um, in, in verse uh, 30. Well, let me do, read 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the man in Eliab's anger, burned against David. And he said, 
Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? He's essentially going, look at sheep boy. You should go back and play with the sheep. You're not a man. You don't have any right to be here with men here in this, this battle. Like, I don't know why Eliab was talking so tough. All of them were just sitting there scared to death. I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you've come down in order to see the battle. David said, what have I done now? Was it not a just question? Then he turns away from him. That's great. Whatever. And he turns to another one, and he says the same thing, and the people answer the same thing as before him. Essentially, here's what David's doing. David's like, hey, look, who's with me? On Who's going to stand up to this, this giant? Who's with me? He gets no one to stand up for him. But he does it anyway. Word gets to the king. King brings him over and says, look, I think it's kind of a bad idea that you, you fight Goliath. You know, his armor bearer is bigger than you. Uh, you've probably got no chance. And so David has to prove to King Saul that he could fight. So he says, oh, look, I killed a lion. I've killed a bear. I can do this. So then here's what Saul does. Now watch this. Saul says this. He goes, okay, if you're going to fight, then here's the rules of the fight. Put on all of this armor. Here's my sword. And, you know, we'll get you over there. And David says, in the, in the King James, I love it. This, the Bible says that David... Uh, he says, I can't use this. I have not proved them. And allow me a little eisegesis this morning. Basically, David said, I don't know if these will work, but I'm pretty sure they don't work. Because if this would have worked, you'd have done it. So he takes off all of his armor and he goes to this fight. And you know the story. Goliath sees him and he's super mad and he starts yelling curses at him. And, he's, and, and, and what's interesting is, is this is what David says. And if you've read Patriots and Prophets, David says, let me just read this. You'll, you'll love this. Uh, if, if you've not read the book Patriots and Prophets, oh, please read it. It's such an awesome book. But <clears throat> David says in Patriots and Prophets, page, oh, what's, what is it? Come on. I'm not going to be able to bring it up now. It's going to be super embarrassing. I'm going to have to quote it to you. Okay, here we go. David did not weaken before the champion of the Philistines. Stepping forward, he said to his antagonist, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day will the, will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thine head from thee, and I will give... The, and he, he just gets pretty graphic. I'm going to cut your head off. He didn't have a sword. I'm going to use your sword to do it. That's pretty bold. Right? Listen to this. She says, this speech given in a clear musical voice. Isn't that great? I love that. Thou comest to me with a sword and shield. <laughs> it was musical. And Goliath's like, what is this Bieber-looking singer coming at me? No. Oh, no. What are you, what am I, a dog? You're going to come throw rocks at me? And he gets mad. Ellen White says this. She says he got so mad he pushed up his helmet. He pushed up his helmet. I'll, I don't know if you're men, if you've ever done that, you get so mad you adjust your hat. I'm a hat wearer. <laughs> 
Like, if I'm serious, I'll whip that hat around. If I'm fishing, I'll whip that hat backwards. You know, all right, here we go. Catch that. You know, whatever. He whoop. And then, and then David goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, bam, hits him. Now, here's my point. David never agreed to the rules because the rules that Goliath had set up would assure him to fail. So when he said, let's fight sword to sword, spear to spear, David's like, no, 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 I think I'm just going to throw a rock at you. Because he knew what the fight was about, he knew what winning looked like, and he fought to win. It reminds me of the story of this guy who was at a cafe, he was having lunch, and a biker gang drove up to the cafe, maybe you've heard this story before, they all come into the, the diner, and they look at this guy at the end of the counter, and they all start making fun of him. They look at this wuss, you know, and they come up to him, and they, they literally, he's having, he's having his meal. They take the meal, they dump it on him. They take what he's drinking, dump it on his head, and the guy does nothing. He sits there the whole time. He just sits there really, really quiet and uh, doesn't say a thing. And they all laugh at him. And man, man, what a, you're not going to fight? What's the matter with you? And they laugh so much at him, they just sit down and they order their, their meal. And uh, what a loser. Right? The guy slowly gets up. He leaves a tip for the waitress. He goes to the, the, the cashier, pays his check, and walks out. And they're all laughing and laugh, you know, just, just having a good old time. And one guy yells out, man, that guy isn't much of a man. And about that time, the waitress looks, looks up and says, yeah, he's not much of a driver either. He just took his semi and drove over all your bikes. You see, this man knew how to win. I'm going to suggest to you that Goliath looks different today. We're all scared. We're all coward. We're trying not to, you know, we're just, we're just stay in a little hole until somebody other than God tells us to come out of it. Oh, we can't go here? Fine. Can't do this? Fine. If you notice in the Scripture, read, read, read this chapter in light of this this afternoon. You'll find it very interesting. Everyone discounts him. Goliath accounts him because of the way he looks. We live in a society today where you can be discounted just for the way you look. He was discounted because of the, how his age. He was discounted because of his faith. Man, that hits home with me today. But check this out. David said, I'm not going to fight that way. I'm going to fight so that I can win. So he took a sling and a stone and he defeated the giant. Might we fight differently today? How many of you have a social media account? Whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever, TikTok or whatever. How many of you have ever read something that was posted and you got upset and angry? That ever happened to you? How many of you, just curious, I'll put my glasses back on, how many of you stopped going on social media because you just get angry when you get on it? Yeah, right? You want to just yell. Have you ever yelled at your screen? Then you turn into these warriors, these keyboard crusaders. I'll fix you. Ha-ha! And they'll respond, 
Ha-ha! Near. I want to ask you, what are you fighting about? What is the point of your battle? What does winning look like? Well, I'll tell you what winning looks like. One of those times they're going to come back and go, you're absolutely right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. That has never happened on Facebook. I've never seen that happen. Boy, after five hours and 30 pages of rebukes, I now see the light. So why are you fighting a battle you'll never win? Why are you doing that? Why do we get entangled with these social media pieces? Or we want to argue over COVID. I've literally seen people, you've seen this, right? People yelling at each other over what, how far apart is too apart or wear a mask or not. I've heard people yelling at people that why are you out of your house? People are arresting people. They're snitching on people. I mean, our society is just, it's got crazy. You've seen these, right? You've seen the videos of people getting into fights over this. Like, what are you fighting over? What does winning look like? And how could you possibly win? Meanwhile, the church is sitting here scared. But here's the deal. We're in a battle. You live in Battle Creek. Right? Like you should be used to this right now. How do you win this fight? Well, let me tell you how you win the fight. Number one, define what the fight is, and here's where I'm at. The fight is not against flesh and blood. We have to understand who's behind this. And it's clearly the devil. And what he would like us to do is argue over things that have nothing to do with winning the war. Because my understanding, the Gospel Commission is this. The battle is this. There are a lot of people that are going to go to hell. And by God's grace, I hope I'm not one of them. By God's grace, I believe I'm not. But once you get past this, you've asked Jesus into your heart, He's living there, and you give, you give Him your life, now He has actually something for you to do. And that is to tell other people about Him. To actually go and seek and save the lost with Jesus. Like that's the, that's the plan. That's the fight. And so here's the deal. I have never brought anyone closer to Jesus by arguing with them on social media. I've, it's never happened. It's never happened. I've never, I've never gone and said, you know, I'm going to yell at you, you, whatever the topic is. Kellogg's or Post. Whatever the argument is. I've never brought anyone to Jesus by arguing there. But let me tell you how I have. Now let me tell you how Jesus has. This is how Jesus fought. This is so great. Because when Jesus shows up, right? Like, hey, so now we're going to restore the kingdom. We're going to take out all the Romans. Woo! If we die, you'll just raise us back up. If we're hungry, you'll just give us food. Yeah, let's do it. Let's kill them all. Let's be in charge of the world. And Jesus is like, yeah, no, I don't fight that way. It's not actually how I fight. No, 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 no. We want you to fight that way. No, we're going to do it a different way. Because my kingdom is not of this world. Let me tell you how we fight. I want to read to you this quote 
This is how he fights. Oh, this is so great. Christ's method alone give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them. He ministered to their needs and won their confidence. Then bade them follow me. So watch this. Hey, you see this lady here, Joyce? She's, she's, oh, she's evil. We need to take her out. Here's what Jesus does. Jesus goes, oh yeah, oh, yeah, okay, so she's the problem? Oh yeah, Joyce is a serious problem. She's always playing different songs than she should on the, on the organ. Sometimes she gets a little too peppy. We gotta take her out. And this is what Jesus does. Jesus goes, yeah, okay. I know what the fight's over. I know what winning looks like. And I'm going to fight to win. So Jesus comes over. You know what he says? Hi, Joyce. He mingles with Joyce. He gets to know Joyce. Hey, how you doing? How's that, how's that bench? Can we get that a little higher for you? You need a little cushion there? How can I make your life better? And she, well, that'd be very nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Let me meet your needs. Well, yeah, that's sweet. Joyce, that's sweet. Thank you, young man. You know, and then wins confidence. Joyce, Joyce is like, that is that guy's, the, you know, I'd like to be your friend. Absolutely. I want to be your friend too. Hey, Joyce, you want to follow me as I follow my father? And then Joyce says, yeah, that'd be great. Now, follow what Jesus just did. Because this is the ultimate revenge on the enemy. This is the greatest defeat you ever could, could ever do. He turned the enemy into an ally. He turned the enemy into a friend. He turned what was this major distraction into a leader in his ministry. And if you recognize this to the disciples, he did that to all of them. Hey, you guys fishing? Oh, that's great. Hey, you should come fishing with me. What? You fish? Oh yeah, a little different. Let me show you. Conform, changes them from these, these rough, cussing, problem fighter of a boys and turns them into men for Jesus. This is what Jesus will do. And he does this, he'll do this here. But he's not going to do that through us if we're going around arguing over the time with ourselves and arguing over points that people don't really care about. And this is how you fight. You go like Pastor Carlos and many of you are doing tomorrow. You knock on doors at 7.30 in the morning and go, hey, we're here to help you out. Heard you have some problem with the drywall. Heard your house needs painting. Heard you need a new fan over your stove. We're here. You're fighting. You're in battle. They don't know what hit them. <laughs> you showed up and just, whoop, bam, give them a gospel punch. But it doesn't look like a punch. It actually looks like a hug. And I am convinced that there are more Christians who would sit in a pew once a week and argue over pointless things and then go home and then live like they're going to hell the other six days a day than actually fighting the way God has called us to fight. By loving one another and actually making a difference in your neighborhood. You might sign up to go to distant countries one week a year, but you won't go across the street. And God is like, the battle is 365 days. So I'm not ready. 
Well, I can guarantee you, if you read any passage of Scripture that where people were effective for Jesus, not one of them was seasoned and ready. I only read of one person who thought he was ready, and his name was Judas. The rest of them didn't have a clue how to fight. God said, I will teach you. So ready or not, here we go. I don't, I'm sick and tired of being like what I read about in 1 Samuel 17. You know, I used to read about 1 Samuel 17. I, know, I don't know if you all do this. You always just kind of take over the hero and you go, hey, I'm David. <laughs> like You always think that way. Like, yeah, if I was back then, I'd be like, yeah, I'm taking on Goliath. But if I'm going to be honest with myself, when I'm not converted, when I'm not connected with Jesus, I am Saul, Eliab, or all the other thousands of men who sat there and watched as the devil progressed on society. And I'm just suggesting today that it doesn't have to be that way anymore. We can be as faithful as David. He wants to use you. So well, I don't have anything. Look, this is how we work with David. David threw stones, so he used stones. Maybe you bake bread. Maybe you play a mean, mean organ. Maybe you, whatever you do, God can take that to defeat the enemy. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing? My whole life, I've been told to be quiet. True. If anybody went to school with me, they would know that. The teacher consistently told me to be quiet. I talk too much. I know every corner of the building in Flint. I went to that ST school for eight years. I have successfully had my head on my desk for more hours than I can count. I talk too much. But when I gave my life to Jesus, guess what the Lord said He could use me with? Why don't you go around and talk too much? I realize it's 12.05, I've talked too much. Don't worry, I'm wrapping it up. But I just want to tell you, I know this to be true. Because God has done it for me. If you're willing to stand up to the Goliath of 2020, God will lose, use whatever you have for His glory. So here's the problem. We underestimate what we do and we overestimate whatever everyone else can do. I, I, you know, it's the special music who's playing. Man, I wish I could sing like that. I wish I could play the guitar like that. I wish I could do all those things. And God, God says, I, that's not your blessing. I didn't, I didn't give you that blessing. I gave you something else. Stay in your lane. Use your sling. Use your stone but defeat the enemy today, Chad. Because I'm with you. Because I guarantee you, as good as David was, I'm going to tell you right now, that, that stone went a little straighter and it went a little faster because the Lord was behind it. And He can be that way for you as well. So may you let God use you today. Amen? I'm even just want to say, yeah, I'm in. I'll use what I got. I'll use what I got. No pride here. I'll use what I got. Lord, take it and make it happen. Here's the thing. Does this make sense? If you do what God asks you to do, you'll get what God wants you to get. Does that make sense? It's logical. So follow this. God has asked you to go into all the world. Let me just, let me just paraphrase. God has asked you to go into all of Battle Creek. 
not to go into all the sanctuary. Some of us like to just do mission work here. No, no, no. Go into all of Battle Creek. And if you do what I ask you to do, you'll get what, I'll, what I want you to get. And that's a soul for the kingdom. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, help us defeat this giant in our society. Lord, the world has told us the church is pointless. No reason for it. It scared us into whether we should even open or not. It scared us to whether we should say anything or not. And Lord, we're not, we don't want to fight those battles we can't win. We want to be faithful. But Lord, your name is being blasphemed in our culture. Your name is being ripped on in this culture. Lord, that ain't right. Use us, Lord, any way you see fit. To fight. To win. Lord, I thank You in advance because I know, I don't have to question whether You're going to answer this prayer. I know You'll answer this prayer. I pray that every person in this room that's made that commitment to lift their sling and their stone up to You, I know that every person that makes that commitment, I know You'll bless them. I know You'll give them someone. Help them to see who it is and be faithful. My prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Please turn with me as we sing hymn 619, Lead on, O King Eternal. Please stand.
Lead on, O Lord. Lead on, and Lord, I pray that we would follow you throughout this week and on through eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.